Super Tap Film Club. Join Hollywood Fletch and Malachi as they shine their flickering flashlights into the dark, dark cellars of YouTube, only to reveal tales of vampires, motorcycles, and vampire motorcycles. Dystopian futures seen through the eyes of the 80s. A great fear of the internet and what it will do to our children. Kicks and horrors of all sizes imaginable. And the many, many dangers of heavy metal. Strap yourself in because this is Super Tat Film Club. And the first and only rule of Super Tat Film Club is tell everyone about Super Tat Film Club because it's all street punks and side boobs from here on in. killer you have the right to remain silent forever maniac cop good evening good afternoon good morning whatever it is wherever you are my name is malachi j Matthews, and i am joined as always by my podcast Life bro partner, Hollywood Fletcher. Hello. Hello, Hollywood Fletch. How the devil are we? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling very chill right now. You're looking very chill. Shades on in the house. Hawaiian shirt. Monochrome Hawaiian shirt. Black and white. Yeah. I don't want to come off too cheerful, do you? Well, no. No. You know, I like the aesthetic of the Hawaiian shirt, but I also don't like going outside. Right. And I want that to be evident by my appearance. Okay, well, no one's going to see it. I enjoy the fact you make an effort for me. Sorry. Thank you, Fletch. Oh. Thank you. Fletcher, what are we doing this week? The Maniac Cup. The Maniac Cup. Bang, bang. Yeah. This is another one from 1988. I'm still to do the uh, maths tat. I'm going to do some kind of graph, uh, work it all out. Wigwam Bamford was around yesterday, and he was talking about working out a tat algorithm. Oh, uh, that we can put all the films into and it just does it all for us. If he wants to do that with his crazy little brain, I'll, I'll feed Gary Daniels into his machine. Mm. So yeah, another one from 1988. And another one from Larry Cohen. This is the second film that we've done written by Larry Cohen. Oh, Larry, did he do the stuff? He did do the, the stuff, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did the stuff. Mm. There's a few firsts in this one, mate. We've got a thing now. Well, there has always been a tattyverse in our heads. This film is an introduction to a few important people into that tattyverse. First up, the big man, Bruce Campbell. Bruce! Big Bruce. How's it going, big Bruce? Wow. We 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 do a podcast about B movies and this is the first time he's finally come up. we got we, yeah it's almost like we've been saving this one isn't it Is it Well no it's just come up naturally <laughs> <laughs> But it, yeah first time we're introducing Bruce into the tattyverse the chin Talk about Bruce people I'm list, I'm assuming if you're listening to a podcast about B movies you probably know who big Bruce is Yeah we don't need to talk about Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Well, for the people who don't know, Evil Dead. Who doesn't know who Bruce Campbell is? Some people might have just... Our parents might have discovered the internet and be trying to listen to what we're doing. What's your favourite Bruce Campbell film? Ooh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm a, uh, Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> what about... Uh, Bob, what about Bubba Hotep? Uh, I've not seen Bubba Hotep. Mm. I've never seen it. 
Oh, let's so do that. We will do that. Uh, Tom Atkins, sexy, sexy Tom Atkins, playing the uh, the hard yet reasonable cop hmm. uh, from Halloween Three. <laughs> okay, that's where I know him from. What do you know Tom Atkins from? What about Tom, what Tom Atkins? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. And the introdu- the most important player in this film. The most, one of the, uh, the fucking Thanos to our Tattyverse. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Robert Zadar. Fletcher, please. <laughs> Robert Zadar also has been nicknamed the Chin in his career. Well. He has. I'm not. This is a very chinny film. It's a very, it's, there's a lot of face in this there's film. There's a lot of chin. There's a lot of chin. Hey, hey. Jack LaMotta does a uh, cameo in this film as well. Who's Jack LaMotta? The, the boxer. Uh, Raging Bull was based on Oh, yeah, him. yeah. He is, he is well known in the boxing world as having one of the best chins in boxing. Wow. There is a chin. This, is, this should just be called Chin the Movie. Chin Heaven. Yeah. Maniac Chins. This is one of those films I always remember seeing the cover and uh, in the video shop. I, did, I pulled a Fletcher on this one. First time I watched it, I'd watched the second one. I hadn't seen the first one, Fletch. Ah, so the first one was revealed to you. The first one revealed itself to me like a uh, phantom menace. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the second one's great. This one's great. You like this one? I did like this one. Do you know who doesn't? Who doesn't? Bruce Campbell. Why? He just... He doesn't think it's a very good film. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean... It's one of those ones, I don't know, maybe it's because I watched it when I was a kid. It holds some nostalgia. Well, I thought I'd watched it when I was a kid, <laughs> watched the <laughs> second one. But you know what I mean? It's, uh, I enjoyed it. Should we get into it? Maniac Cop, the introduction. Oh, we get to see Matt Cordell, Officer Matt Cordell, getting himself ready, putting on his white gloves. White gloves! Arming himself for a day being a policeman. It's like Batman, isn't it's it? It's like the start of Batman, yeah. But you get to see, he's got a fucking sword. Got a fucking sword on him. In his billy club. In his billy club. It's New York City. It's a stormy night. A stormy, horrible action movie horror film night. A barmaid leaves work. After a shift, it is lightning outside. She walks off into the New York streets, only to be accosted by two ne'er-do-well street punk motherfuckers. Fucking street punks. Street punks immediately. This must be a new record. No, it's... Well, is it? No, because Chopping Mall, immediate street punk. That started with the street punk. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's up there. It's when is a- someone going to make... A film about the horrors of street punks. Uh, the, the street punkery is rife. I mean, you don't hear much about it these days, do you? Gangs of hoodlums d- having dance-offs um, <laughs> and playing dice. Walking around with their fucking butterfly knives. Yeah. Copper. Calling people copper. Yeah. No. Give me your money, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> hey, lady. Hey, lady. But yeah, they try the whole hey lady. They wrestle it to the ground, but she's not having any of it. She fucking... Oh my God. She runs off. She fights the punks down. She batters them. Good on her. What's she got in that bag? Well, I don't know. She, she hits one of them with it and he goes fucking flying. 
She escapes into the night and she hides. And the street punks are searching for her, Fletch. Like dirty foxes looking for halves of eggs in a bin. She sees a policeman in the distance in the park. Sanctuary. Surely a policeman will help her, Fletch. A, a, a stern pillar of the community doing his rounds. She says, officer, officer. But he just picks her up and breaks her neck like a fucking pretzel and throws her to the ga- ground like a maniac. As the Puerto Ricans hide. In horror. How does she know they're Puerto Ricans? I don't know. Maybe she's she's frightened and racist. <laughs> People get racist when they're frightened. Maybe, but that the policeman picks her up aloft, very much like the wrestler Kane, and snaps her like a twig and drops her to the ground because he is a maniac. Not Kane. The following day, the punks get arrested and they're like, it wasn't us, copper! It, it was a it. maniac! It was a maniac and he was a big cop! He was a real big cop! Now, Tom Atkins and his partner are going to the, examine the body of uh, the barmaid who got her neck smashed last night. They're, <laughs> they're greeted by uh, the, the doctor in the, in, the, in the morgue has got a powerful, powerful mullet. Yeah, he does. He does, yeah. And they examine the fact that... Uh, she has got a crushed neck, and uh, Tom Atkins is like, you're trying to tell me two, two street punk kids did this? They crushed her neck like a fucking toilet roll. Yeah. So he has the strength to just lift this woman off the floor and snap her neck like yeah. a twig. Tom knew Casey. She was really nice. And his partner, Lovejoy, says, it was the punks. We caught the punks. And uh, he's like, what are you on about? Do you think that these street punks could have done it? And then Lovejoy's going, why do you think it's a cop? And he leaves the room. Tom Atkins looks down and he says, you were afraid and you saw a cop. Well, you'd like to think if you were getting chased by New York street punks and you ran up to a policeman, he would protect you, not fucking trout neck you, snap your neck like a pheasant. Mm. And this was this film was in the 80s 88, as well. mate. Yeah. 88. You know, the 80s was kind of the start of a lot of distrust of the police, though, mm. wasn't it? That's wow. kind of still happening today. Good old Larry Cohen, that's what he does, isn't it? He uh, talks about what's going on. He was, he was scared of space yogurt a few years prior to this. Yeah, now he's scared of the police. Now he's scared of the popo. Another thing that was rife in the 80s was uh, drink-driving teens in their uh, mid-30s. <laughs> who, uh, they break down... Uh, well, they don't break down. They they stop at a red light, which is seems to be the t- the time to take the opportunity to to do some diddling, some canoodling. Yeah, there's a knock at the window. Is it opportunity? No, <laughs> it's a fucking terrible policeman. And uh, I love the way he moves and everything. Yeah, almost like Robocop, where he's just it is it's it's funny like yeah. the way he moves because he looks. He's, he's like... Um, like a massive zombie policeman. <laughs> he's just like a normal policeman. He's, yeah. like, he's, he's got his billy club in his hand menacingly. Yeah. He gets the kid out of the uh, car to do a sobriety test, but he just fucking stabs him and then chucks him at the windshield. That was the point when I noticed the music in this film was done by the same man who did Chopping Mall. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, wicked. The girl drives off alive! <laughs> Did you see the way he throws that guy? Yeah, like a fucking bin bag. <laughs> he just launches it. He d- he grabs him and then dabs 
like that. <laughs> there was no dabbing in 1988. He does, he dabs. dabs. Watch it back. How old are you, Fletch? I'm 31. 31, you shouldn't be talking about dabbing. Well, tell that to Robert Zadar in the 80s. I can't, God rest Who dabbed child. someone into a fucking windshield. <laughs> he dabbed a man to death. Yeah. He stabbed him, then dabbed him. <laughs> it's the old stab and dab. Oh, that old stab and dab. Commissioner Shaft is not happy. <laughs> oh, God, it is. It's Shaft. Yeah. Commissioner Shaft is not happy, and he's called sexy Tom Atkins into the office, and he's like, "Why? You, what's this whole thing? You're blaming this on a policeman. And he says, uh, I know it was a cop because he didn't kill the girl. He wanted, a, he wanted a witness. The commissioner says, it could just be anyone with a uniform trying to discredit the police force. Mm. And Tom says, I want everyone... Everyone in the police force getting mental evaluations because this could be a copper. This is, it could be an inside job. I think it's a copper. Commissioner Schaff says, let's keep this under wraps. And he says, well, we'll keep it under wraps, but he's going to kill, kill again because he enjoys killing. <laughs> Commissioner Schaff then pipes up and says, oh yeah, Tom, stable Tom, didn't you try and kill yourself two years ago? And he said, the the gun went off. And he says, you don't smile anymore, Tom. And he does a weird smile. And he does a weird smile. Just to prove that he's not a nutter, he does a weird smile. Nighttime, New York City. A saxophonist leaves a jazz bar. He puts his instrument into the boot of the car, goes to enter the front, but black Handcuffs. You're under arrest for crimes against jazz. <laughs> He shouts help, but nobody hears him. He runs away into the night, into the New York night. Maniac Cop follows at a snail's pace, but he's got that 80s slasher serial killer Jason Voorhees down, isn't he? Yeah. He stops running, he turns around, and Maniac Cop's just there. He's very Jason Voorhees. Very Jason Voorhees. He chases him down through the New York streets. The jazz man falls face first into some concrete. Robert Zadar... Maniac cop just drowns him in the cement and leaves him. He done off get to work quick, doesn't he? Oh yeah. This he... film has just started and he's just brutally murdered he's just three people. Fucking picking off fools. <laughs> he gets yeah. stuck in straight away. Drown him and they have to uh, dig him out. They have to dig the sax man out face first from his concrete grave. Country and Western bar. Lieutenant Sexy Tom is at the bar. He's meeting Gina. There's no romance in this meeting, though. There's obviously an old flame there. He's like, this is business. There's been some terrible, terrible murders. People have to be warned. And he, she, he, she asks him, well, who's he targeting? Pushers? Hustlers? <laughs> Innocent people. Innocent people, Fletch. What, what the fuck? Jesus, she says. He sounds like a maniac cop. And Sexy Tom says, I knew you'd know how to sensationalise this. You need to get this on the news tonight. Here are the details. And he gives her a big file. And he says, I want you to make this bigger than AIDS. <laughs> bigger than AIDS. It's a very 80s thing to say. Yeah. Police. Make this bigger than AIDS. The whole thing goes on the news. Every... Nobody has got a better publicist than AIDS <laughs> in the Bring 80s. Bring me the AIDS guy. <laughs> He's all over the news. She puts it on the news. She tells the whole dang story about why, why, oh, why are the, are the city trying to cover up that these, these people are being killed by a cop? A lady's car breaks down on the New York City streets, Fletch. A policeman comes to assist her. This is a normal situation, but she, 
She's just literally turned off the radio about, be aware of massive cops. There is a, ma I repeat, maniac cop. She turns off the radio to be greeted by a policeman. She fumbles in a handbag, she gets out a gun and she shoots an innocent man, squaw, in the forehead. <laughs> this film does a really good job of... Media panic. Yeah. Media panic. It's, you've got old Larry Cohen, God rest his soul. Do you know, I'm going to have to disagree with Bruce on this one. I think it's, it's good. actually quite good It's good, film. it's good. The public is scared of cops, like we said earlier on. It, now they're not trusting people in uniforms because of one bag egg spoiling the bunch for everybody else. Well, yeah, that's essentially what's happening in the film and arguably what, what ha what's what happening, happening with the, time. the police. Yeah, it's costing Commissioner Shaft a fucking fortune. Luckily, he's got Captain Tough Guy on it. And he's like, I'm going to nail him. I'm going to find out who it is. They're worried that it is in that it is an inside job. It's a disgruntled policeman in the force. Mm. Who could it be, Fletch? Who could it be that's acting like a maniac? A tired lady in a dressing gown looks through news clippings about the maniac cop. She's putting them in a, in a, in a scrapbook, Fletch. Turns out this is Bruce's wife. Bruce is getting ready for work in the other room. And she's like, oh... Why have you got to go to work tonight? And he's like, because I'm a cop. And she's like, you always have to go out late. You're always going out late. Uh, the, the marriage counsellor said that we should talk to each other. And he's like, oh, marriage counselling, just indicating that there's a lot of stress in this marriage, Fletch. They're at the wit's end. She's also suspicious that he is well, the maniac cop. She says, don't go out tonight. I need you to stay with me. Why can't we just, just let's... Be like the good old days. She is going mental in the house on her own. And Bruce says, don't wait up. She says, be careful. The phone rings. The phone rings and somebody says, he's gone out again, hasn't he, Bruce? He's gone out. Mm. And she's like, who is this? And she says, why is Bruce keep going out? Killing people. Beep. The wife takes heed of the uh, anonymous phone call. Takes Big Bruce, Big Bruce, Big Chin's gun from the drawer and follows her husband into the New York night mm. because she is, gonna, she is scared, Fletch, that she is married to the maniac cop. Doesn't Bruce look dashing he in, does his, look in dashing. his police uniform? He does look really good, but I think he might look too good because he's not killing people, is he? No. He's not slaying people. Oh, no. He's slaying Poon. He's laying some pipe he in is, a seedy motel. He is laying pipe in a uh, seedy motel with... A colleague. Motherfucker. Woof. His wife turns Bruce. up. His wife turns up and Bruce says, Why did you follow me? What did you, <laughs> yeah. what, what did you expect? Wait, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing here? Trying to fucking... I'm doing, I'm doing this here. Trying I? to assume the position. Oh, God. She pulls out a gun and she's like, I'm going to kill you both. Bruce tries to talk her down and she runs away into the night. Bruce is fucking in trouble now. Wife gets pulled in a van! What does Bruce do after that? Bruce just goes, oh shit. She and then goes what? Off and she got, he doesn't know she's been pulled in a van, so he must have just gone home. Well, he didn't. Because he goes to work the next day. Yeah. Because the motel maid... Well, he went out in his uniform, didn't he? Yeah. The motel maid... Housekeeping! He, he clearly went, well, cat's out the bag now, and just went back to the other woman's house. Yeah. He's a bit of a cunt in He's this film, isn't Maybe he? that's why Bruce didn't like it. And the motel maid finds very dirty room because it's got Bruce's dead wife in it. Oh, God. 
Bruce doesn't know. He, like you say, he's gone off to the uh, the other lady's house. Well, he must have done. The next day, he's in the meeting in the morning, and Captain Tough Cop talks to Bruce. Yeah, and he says, "He's like, I just assumed she went home." Yeah, he's, yeah. He's just like, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, she's gone now. Back to diddles." He says, "It's about your wife." And he, like you say, I thought she'd just gone. You know, we'd had an argument. He says, "Ah, so you two have not been getting along." And he says, "When's it? all right, Captain Tough Guy? Since when has it been my personal life been your business?" And he says, "Since your wife is dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, she turned up dead in the sleaze bag motel. And then Bruce. And Bruce is like, oh. Bruce does some acting. Fuck. He's like, no, no, no. But I only, I was only there for it. And he says, so you admit you were there? Fucking idiot. 101 admits that he saw his wife there. Captain Tough Guy fucking arrests him. They interview him and they bring out all the scrapbooks that his wife's been keeping. His wife, like we say, they think Bruce has knocked her off. Jesus. Because his wife thinks that he is the fucking maniac. Trussed up like a turkey. Someone's been on the phone poisoning the, uh, Mrs. Campbell. They find his wife's diary. and It's got all this stuff about him going out late and thinking he's a maniac. And uh, they say, <clears throat> is this why you did it, Bruce? What's your alibi for last Wednesday night? Where were you Friday night? And he's like, Whoa. I was out seeing someone. Bruce has admitted that he was in the motel at the same time as the victim. But he hasn't told him who it's with. Mm-mm. A lawyer turns up and Bruce just says, I'm a fall guy. I wasn't there. I was having relations. And the lawyer thinks he did it though. The lawyer's like, yeah, okay. I can see a way out of this. I'm a lawyer. And he's like, I, I didn't kill my wife. I did fuck that other woman, but I didn't kill my wife. They even say he matches the description. A policeman. Yeah. Well, tall, massive chin. Policeman. Yeah, tall, massive chin. And they're like, well, that's there fucking Bruce Campbell over there. There he is. No, mate. I think there's I think there's something fishy going on here. Well, are you telling me there's two fucking six foot massive chin policemen walking around? I don't fucking think so. Have you so. seen them in the same room? No. Cop panic is all over the fucking news. On the news in the bar, people are just on the doing sound bites going where they're just like fuck the police. I'm not bothering the police now. They're starting ki- killing people. Mm. I do not respect them whatsoever. Well, there's um, there's a black guy who was like, yeah, all my friends have been killed by police. Yeah, exactly. So he's just like, yeah, this is this is, this is like normal. Captain Tough Guy and Lieutenant Tom are sat in the bar. And Tom thinks Bruce has been set up. Captain Tough Guy is not having it. He thinks it's Bruce. Sexy Tom says, Big Chin Bruce is protecting someone. Somebody needs to know that there was a witness. He was diddling another lady in the hotel. He's got to bring her forward. So Tom goes to see uh, Bruce in jail. He says, I know it's not you. And Bruce says, well, why does he pick me? Why out of all of these random policemen does he pick me? Chin. Yeah, the chin. I think he's getting his information from inside the department. Your girlfriend must have told a story or two, Jack. Who is your girlfriend? And he's like, I'm not telling you. I'm not dragging her into this. I'm going to leave it till as long as possible. He's putting her in danger. But she knows the only connection. And he's just like, okay, look, Tom, you know who she is. And he's like, what? Who is it? Teresa Mallory. Where do I find her? Well, she's on duty tonight. She's on duty tonight, Fletch, at the Star Garden Club. A curb crawler pulls up outside. A blonde lady answers his his uh, sordid needs and says, Ew. hey, honey, you're looking for a good time? Turns out she's a cop, undercover. He's like, are you a cop? And she's like, yes. Yeah. Fuck off. Do they do that? 
Well, I don't know. Some do bad policing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I'm totally an undercover cop. You're supposed to be catching these people. She's, yeah, she's totally catching these people. Uh, she wanders off down a dark alley after that, sees Maniac Cop in the distance, and she's like, all right, copper, how's it going? I'm a copper too. Walks on a little bit further. Maniac Cop turns up and tries to stab her up, Fletch. Tries to stab her up. Uh, Lieutenant Sexy Tom arrives just in time. She shoots him. Yeah, she shoots at him. Then Tom turns up and shoots him. Yeah. Cuts Tom's hand and then he disappears into the night. Well, <laughs> so what we've established is that he is super strong and impervious to bullets. He can do very much, a lot of damage to a, to a person's neck, yeah. And and just dab them into a windshield. Dab like, them into See how far he threw that bloke earlier in the film? Yeah. And now also bullets are just bouncing off him. Taking, taking hot slugs on the streets of New York City. And he doesn't seem to be going down, Fletch, does he? That's So what, is he like some kind of zombie Superman? Mm. Well, I guess we'll find out. Teresa thinks there's something along those lines because she's saying... Like, Do you reckon? He's... he's he had got cold, dead hands under his... He wasn't breathing, she says. Yeah, he wasn't breathing. Cold, dead hands under his... That, that were colder than they should have been. And I'm sure I shot him in the head. Much like a dead person. Much like a... Uh, a zombie. Right. Very much a zombie. Okay. Tom's like, look, you're in danger. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chuck you up at my house. Everything will be fine. Who did you tell that you were diddling the guy from Evil Dead? And she was like, oh, no, oh, I didn't tell anyone. Oh, I did. I told rickety-legged Sally, who works in the library. Rickety-legged? Yeah, she's got, you know... She's... I told Sally with a gammy leg. Yeah, I told gammy-legged Sally with a leg brace uh, of, of all the people at the police station. Well, so... she's been around for a long time. They she's been trust there. Her. Yeah, she's been there. She's like, uh, you know, aunt, aunt, auntie gammy leg. Wow. So Tom goes to the station to see uh, wonky, wonky Sally in the clerical room. Oh, stop it. Okay. Tom goes to the station, to the clerical room, to see Sally. And the computer, the one computer that they had in 1988 is, uh, is down. And uh, the info that he's needing, she's gonna, he's going to have to come back in the morning. But then he slips into, like, prime police work. Prime Columbo action, this, isn't he? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah. oh do, you, uh, do you know someone called uh, Teresa? A friend of mine. I'm just... Uh, She's had a bit of a. She's been in a bit of a pickle tonight. So you know. Oh, Teresa. Yeah, I know her. How is she? Is she? Uh, I hope she's okay. And she's and he says no. She's had a terrible time, but she is okay. She was uh, set about by a policeman. <laughs> a big chinned policeman, no less. And That's she's some like, of the best police work I've seen yeah. in any of the B movies that we've watched. Yeah. And she's like, oh, thank God, she's alive. And uh, Tom goes, I tell you what, I don't need these printouts. My work here is done. I just read you like a book. The, the, the fucking easiest book to access in this library, mate, was you. And he's gone. Tom leaves the room. Sally looks guilty. Tom then follows Sally in the car as she leaves the library. He follows her to a gated area. It's a pier. Pier 14. Tom follows on foot past the gate into the junkyard pier. Only to see Sally talking to the maniac cop. He sat there on a crate and she's saying, they have a guilty man. They think Bruce Campbell did this. You're going to get off and then you're going to be free to get everybody else. Commissioner Shaft, the mayor, and then we can end it all. I mean, I knew you had anger, Matt. Oh my God. Who is Matt? Who's Matt? 
but I thought it would be with the dealers in the garbage of New York City. But no, it's with the poor people minding their own business. What's changed in you, Matt? It's like you've become a maniac. I said it would stick by you, and I will. I will. But you need to stop the killing and save it for those that wronged you. Those that deserve. Rwenge is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. She hears Tom in the distance, rustling around like a badger in the dark, and she flies into a rage and starts shooting, <laughs> screaming at the top of her voice. She is very shrill. She is mental. Tom runs away. Maniac Cop is gone into the night like like a horrible Batman. He is, yeah. Into so the... we'll, add, we'll add super stealth to all of his super abilities that he has. Yeah. Sally's screaming like a fucking nutcase. Yeah, I need you and you need me. I need you and you need me. Tom bumps into the security guard and he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing in here? He's like, I just needed a wee. I got in the back. I just got a bit scared when I saw your security outfit, you know, with the police, you know, in the state it is. And the security guard says, these days, it's like you just can't take a piss anywhere. He's like, I need hazard pay for wearing this uniform. Yeah, and he's like, hazard pay? Why? And he said, well, this place is being demolished pretty dang soon. It doesn't actually should, get demolished in the film, though. You shouldn't it? go for a pee with a gun in your hand. Yeah. That's how you get your balls blown off. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is in the office of the police station looking at uh, news clippings of a, of a super cop from the past, Matt Cardell. He says he was my hero. He was old school. He'd shoot, he's the old school shoot to kill kind. And the guy in the office says, it's a real shame about what happened to him. Getting locked up with all those criminals he put away in Sing Sing. I guess criminals have got rights too. And uh, Tom says, these city hall bastards. (laughs) He had no wife. He had no kids. He was a hundred percent cop. He had no time for a family. Was this film made after the Rampart investigation? I'm not sure what that is. It was a big investigation to our LA police into brutality wow. in their ranks. But they were just beating the fuck out of criminals, but they considered it, you know, street justice and stuff like that. Well, I think but that then might... it turned out they were all, you know, it's against the law to beat the fuck out of people. Yeah. And they were, there was a big investigation over it. They got sent down for it. Matt Cardell got sent down and he said, like, he didn't have time to have a family. And the guy in the office said, well, he did have a real nice girl. He had a sweetheart. Sweetheart. He brought her in the office sometime to show her his cuttings. He kind of liked being famous. And he said, who was she? Well, she was real nice, but not much to look at. <laughs> that was a bit mean. Well, it was, yeah. She took it real bad when Matt Cardell got taken to prison. And he said, what happened? She jumped out of a window and fucked one of her legs up. Wow. Tom says, See, hang on, leg brace, it clicks, it's Sally. <laughs> they don't make cops like him anymore, he's one of a kind. And Big Tom says, he still is, implying that he's... He's still alive! He's a maniac! The warehouse, Pier 14. He lies down and he remembers the bad times in prison, what happened to him. Everybody jeers at him, all the people that he put inside. They see him one by one as he gets walked past them. Paraded like fresh prison meat. Speaking of fresh prison meat, when he's taking a shower, they slice him up, slice him up like a Christmas turkey, and lead, leave him for dead to bleed out in the shower, damaging his beautiful big chin. 
his beautiful face, lacerations all over his body. His defined cheekbones. Yeah. Robert Zadar has very good cheekbones. His face, yeah, they were slashed, slashed to bits, mate. His his beautiful big face was he slashed did, to bits. He did do a, he did beat the shit out of most of them, though. He did, yeah, but uh, they got the better of him. They swarmed upon him like uh, street punk lotuses. Yeah. And he bled out dead. He knocked the fuck out of them, mate. In the shower. This is um, Robert Zadar in his uh, prime as well. Yeah. He was yoked yeah. in that shower. <laughs> Tom and Teresa are in the police interview room with Big Bruce Ch- Campbellchin, and they're like, "We know who the killer is. It's Matt Cardell." And Bruce says, "Matt Cardell? Didn't he die in prison?" And Big Tom says, "Well, maybe he didn't. He's outside and he's killing innocents." Tom leaves Teresa to have a bit of a kiss and a cuddle with Bruce in the interview room, and he goes to to find uh, wonky-legged Sally in the computer room. Yeah. So the- by this point, we've kind of forgotten that Bruce Campbell is uh in the same place well in prison no we we forgot because he leaves them alone in the room and he's like oh, I'll just leave you to interrogate the suspect <laughs> so they have a bit of a snog and so by this point we we're forgetting that you know Bruce had a wife at the beginning of this film yeah. who found him and her. Oh yeah, John, I didn't, that didn't even click, yeah. yeah. Dead wife. <laughs> yeah, we're just forgetting that his wife got murdered earlier on and now he's like, well, that's convenient. It's a little bit of a uh, throwback to firepower there, it's isn't it? fucked Maybe up. That was only a few weeks ago. Dead wife. Well, I might as well carry on with this one then. Done. At, Tom... least, at least, like, at least they waited. <laughs> oh wait, they didn't. Oh no, they didn't. No. <laughs> that was uh, kind of the whole point of why he's in prison. Yeah. Tom goes to the computer room only to find that uh, crazy wonky leg Sally has been inputting things into the computer with the header Maniac Cop. (laughs) (laughs) There's a folder that says Maniac Cop. Don't look in there. Yeah, don't look at that. He opens the drawer to find Matt Cardell's white, white gloves and he's like, shit. Shit, it is connected. Why would there be a white glove in a police station in New York? Sally. (laughs) Sally is the rat. This can only mean one thing. Sally is the mole. He stands up only to be smacked around the back of the head with a metal crowbar. She starts attacking him and screaming, he knows, he knows. It's a walking stick. Yeah, was it a walking stick? Oh, it's her walking stick, isn't it? Yeah. She screams, and she finds a hanging cop outside, the one that's guarding Big Bruce. And, and she starts screaming, he's here. So then Tom has to rescue Crazy Sally. She was fucking screaming as she, well. She does quite a shrill woman. I turned it down. She was properly screaming. Tom is trying to rescue uh, Sally, trying to calm her down, dragging her through the corridor. And she's like, oh my God, he knows where I am. This is all going to go tits up. It does go tits up because he fucking smashes through a window, drags her through it, and then smashes her to death against the wall. He and doesn't even smash her. He like holds her against the wall. Like a fucking rubbing her. Yes. Yeah. And like Tom comes in, he's like, oi! And he <laughs> just drops her on the desk. Just like a sack of shit. She's dead now. Totally dead. Why has the door killed her? Because, uh, I don't know, maybe she's fucked the whole thing up. I don't know. Because they figured out who she is, what, that she was getting the information. So Zadar's like... Maybe it's because he's a maniac. He's a fucking maniac. Who knows what he'll do. Bruce and Teresa are trapped in the interview room. Sally is totally smashed up on a table. 
Tom shoots at Maniac Cop. Sally is definitely dead. And then they have a massive fight between all the filing cabinets. <laughs> Bruce and Teresa manage to get out of the, uh, the room, uh, only to find the cop that was guarding them. He's swinging like a deadly... Sh- deadly... He's hanged. <laughs> they hung him. He, they hung him, yeah. They're like, we need to find Sexy Tom. If I'm not back out of here in five minutes, hotwire a car and escape! Tommy's getting smashed around in filing cabinets by Maniac Cop upstairs. Just hotwire a car? Just hotwire a car and get out of here. Just use the one you turned up in. Oh, yeah. Simple. Turn the one they turned up in. Hotwire it. I think because he's got the keys. Big Tom's got the key, hasn't he? He's inside getting smashed around by fucking... uh, By big... uh, Maniac Cop in between all the filing cabinets and fucking Maniac Cop then throws him out of the window and Big Tom is dead! Big Tom lands on the taxi next to the next to the car. What? He's on the poster. But Dick, he's dead Why now. Why is he dead now? He's dead. He had top billing on this film. Well. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Luckily, Bruce Campbell is in, in the police station and he has a gun. He doesn't know that Tom's dead. Oh, he does now. He looks out the window. He's like, fuck, Tom is dead. Tom's partner comes up, Lovejoy, not Lovejoy from the 80s antique show, points a gun behind his head and he says, I know you did this, Bruce Campbell. Look at the mess you've made of the police station. Everyone's dead. And Bruce is like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And he said, uh, well, I've called for backup. Bruce gets out, gets Teresa and runs away into the night. Do you not see how he gets away from that guy? I can't remember how he does it. He's like, I'm going to call for backup. And then he notices there's a dead woman on the table next to him and goes, Oh, yeah, it's it's, uh, dead Teresa. Yeah, but then this policeman, who's clearly been a policeman. It's not dead Teresa. Dead Sally. Dead Sally, yeah. So this policeman, who's clearly been in the force for a a very long time, Mm. because he's a detective. He's probably seen some things. This New York detective sees a dead body and freaks the fuck out. Thus giving them the perfect opportunity to run away into the night. Presumably walked past all of the dead policemen to get there as well. Well. Did he do that after each one? Like he'd walk ah! in. Yeah, there's that one hanging. Ah! Okay, okay. Okay. Upstairs okay. there. Oh, <laughs> oh god, there's there's one tied to the cell. <laughs> oh, I've got you now, Bruce Campbell. You fucking Oh, do, uh, look on the table. Ah! Bruce Campbell takes the opportunity to run away. He's getting the train to Sing Sing because Tom had an appointment. So Bruce is going to take the the appointment instead of uh, Big Tom. They need to prove that Matt Cardell, MC, MC uh, Maniac Cop, is still alive. They meet with the doctor who did the autopsy on Cardell and sent him off to be buried. I'm the doctor who did the autopsy. I stitched him up and I buried him. We didn't do much aesthetically, that's why his face is a total mess. Cardell's body was claimed by some lady. And they say, well, who was it? Ah, oh, someone in the police force. Uh, wonky legs, uh, computer fingers. Wonky legs, computer fingers, Sally. That's it. She screams like this. <laughs> yeah. The oh, doctor, yeah, that's her. Yeah. That's her, yeah. The doctor picks up the paper and he's like, hang on a minute. This has got... You two are on the front... No wonder you want the information about Mark Cardell. And he says... You're the maniac cop. You're the maniac cop. And he's like, Bruce just says, Matt Cardell wasn't dead, was he? And he's like, what? What What are you on about? What are you on about? You know, he was definitely dead. He was definitely dead. And he's like, he wasn't dead. And then the doctor instantly cracks and goes, ah, he was a good cop. He was a good cop. 
And what was going to happen? I send him back to prison and then slash him like a pig again? He'll only be back here, but next time he will be cold on the slab. So I let him go. I let Wonky Leg Sally take him into the night. I didn't know that this was what, what was going to happen. Right. So he's, Cardell um, wasn't dead. So he's not a zombie. He's not a dead. He's not dead. He Does, was. He's legally dead. He thought he'd have brain damage, so he let him go. Because, yeah, he takes his... Oh, pu- yeah. Oh, God, this is dark. Because yeah. he's like, he wasn't human anyway. He had brain damage. Yeah, because he took his pulse. He still had a pulse. Brain damaged people are still humans. Well... I'd just like to yeah, we, make this point. They are not, that is not the views of the podcast. That is the view of the shady doctor who let, uh, let him go. Also... It's also a tale of concussion, I think, this film. Just to, um, okay, just to clarify then, <laughs> Robert Zadar, mm-hmm. he's not dead. He's not dead, no. Okay. He's not as... So, the, so the, the doctor at the prison was like, oh God, this guy's been stabbed up. I'm going to announce his time. Oh, he's not dead. He's not dead. I'll, right, I'll I'm going to announce him dead and then let him go. Yeah. So he's not dead. He's not dead. Right. Why is he impervious to bullets? Just like, shot in the why head. can he dab people like over like ten feet across a road? Well, I don't know. Why can he snap people's necks like twiglets? Well, the doctor hasn't got time to worry. And move like a ninja. The doctor hasn't got time to worry about things like this because he gets handed. Why is he like that? Come on. Why is he like that? Why is he? A su- I don't know. It hasn't why been does he a- have supernatural it strength? Hasn't been explained. Maybe it gets explained later on in the trilogy because it's a three-parter. Maybe it gets explained further further down the line, Fletch. Doesn't matter now. The Doctor hasn't got time to worry about things like that. But that's kind of confusing though, isn't it? It is. It's a Come confusing on. time. Well, think about it. You don't know what's true. Who's telling you the truth? Oh. It, it, th- equate that to the situation with the police. Is this like a um, Friday the 13th thing? Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, you drown in a lake. If anything, that would make him weaker, not stronger. <laughs> Doesn't matter because every policeman loves St. Patrick's Day. And they're having a St. Patrick's Day parade. Listen. So that is obviously what the townsfolk seem to think is a good idea. If there's a policeman killing all people willy-nilly in the town centre, let's get all the policemen together. Let's go to the place where all the policemen are. Yeah, let's go to the place where all the policemen are. There's proud Irish New Yorkers. Yeah, and they say... New Yorkers love Ireland, don't they? Oh, they do, yeah. They bloody love Ireland. The, uh, the logic here for Bruce is like, oh my God, he's going to be at the parade. And Teresa said, but he loved the parade. And Bruce says, now whatever he loved, he, he loved- hated. He, lo- <laughs> he, hates- <laughs> he hates them now. Yeah. He burned all of his House of Pain CDs. Yeah. Speaking of Evil Dead and people from Evil Dead, what about the guy that made Evil Dead presenting the news? He ri- oh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is the he, new... He shot some of the film. Yeah. He's the news reporter. He literally shot some. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Helped get it made, basically. Mm. Sam Raimi did. Well, also, there's um, another person from Evil Dead pops up in it in a, a few minutes' time. Oh, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> I hope you, uh, you look forward. That's something for us all to look forward to, isn't it, guys? Um, so let's talk more about House of Pain in the meantime. No. Sam Raimi is on the news saying that everything's gone to shit. Don't worry about it. Come and have a look at these policemen because we promise they won't murder you. It's the 50th anniversary of the St. Paddy's Day Parade. Yeah. St. Pat... What was that? It's the 50th anniversary of the... It's the 50th anniversary of the St. Patrick's Day Parade. 
Ah, uh, uh, top of the morning to you. I fight like me, da. I fight like me, da. <laughs> what do you like? What do you? Well, my name is Finley. <laughs> I love to fight. <laughs> no, you can't fight. Not today. I love to fight, though. Oh, not today. No, I love to. Pop it. Oh, everybody's there. Everybody's there. All, ve- the, all the Irish New York people are there. Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, all of them. All of them. <laughs> Both of them. Ben Affleck's there. Teresa is there. She's in New York. Teresa is there. And, and the Dropkick Murphys are there. I lost my leg. Teresa goes into the police station. <laughs> Bruce and Teresa are now in town. Teresa runs into the police station while Bruce waits outside with, a, with an eagle eye on the situation. She goes to see Commissioner Shaft. Commissioner Shaft says, where's Bruce? She says, it doesn't matter. It's not Bruce. It's Matt Cardell. It's Matt Cardell, the, the superhero policeman that got sent down for all the brutality. And he says he's dead. He got slashed up in prison. I don't believe you. We know it was Bruce. He was getting his information from a lady inside and he plays a message from Tom, who is now dead and can't defend it, saying, the maniac cop is getting his information. It's from someone inside the police station. It's a blonde lady. And Commissioner Shaft said, that is obviously you. (laughs) You're involved. And she's like, it's Sally. It's fucking wonky leg Sally down at the library. It's not me. And he's like, I don't believe you. I've got a fucking parade to go to because I'm a cop. I'm going to the parade. Fiddly D, fiddly D, a policeman's life for me. And she says, don't go to the fucking parade. Where do you think the maniac cop's going to go? He loved parades. And he says, well, why would he go there? He loved it. He's a maniac. If he used to love it, now he hates it. Oh, so he's definitely going to turn up. fucking Maniacs 101, you div. And he's like, look, I'm, I'm not listening to you. I'm shaft. I've got a policeman fucking thing to go to. I tell you what. You've you got to stay here. You, Tiny Meatloaf, look after this woman. Make sure she doesn't go anywhere. Tiny Meatloaf? The policeman that she stays... stays Tiny to, Meatloaf? The policeman that stays and guards her looks like Tiny Meatloaf. That's fucking Raging Bull. The little guy with the tash. That's Jake LaMotta. That's Raging Bull. That's the strongest chin in boxing. No, the guy in the office, the little guy, Tiny Meatloaf. Yes! That's him. And she sits down and goes, look, the guy that tries to get the lead out. Yeah, and he's all like, well, seeing as Commissioner Shaft has gone, that'll leave some time for me and you. That's fucking Jake LaMotta. That's a boxer. That's I've a li- him down as Tiny Meatloaf. He's, hold me closer, Tiny Meatloaf. Well, he wants the scoop. He wants the scoop on Cardell. That's boxing ledge, Jake LaMotta. Oh, come on. And she's like, look, I'm not going to tell you, you fucking idiot. He's like, oh, well, if that's how you're going to play it, I'd better take you downstairs to arrest ah, you. Boom! Stabbed! Give me that tip. Stabbed. Give me that tip. Yeah. I'll do anything for that tip. Well, I'll tell you what tip he does get. I won't do. The tip of a cold steel blade of undead justice. Maniac cop jumps out and stabs him up good. He's not undead. Well, he's not undead. But fuck, I forgot to mention, Tiny Meatloaf, in the meantime, had handcuffed himself to Teresa. He has now been stabbed 
by the maniac cop and she has to drag his fucking tiny carcass into the staff room of the police station. That's when she chucks the chair out the window to get the attention of Big Chin Bruce who is outside leaning against a pound shop waiting to see if everything's going to be alright. It's not alright. A SWAT officer, do you know who that was? Bobby Joe! It was Bobby Joe's boyfriend who gets killed. Get the fuck out, was it? Yeah. Bobby Joe! <laughs> yeah. Bobby! Yeah. Joe! Yeah. Bobby Joe! <laughs> Bobby Joe! He's like, oh my god, that's Bruce Campbell, let's get him. And they fucking get him and they drag him into the police van and they put him into the back. Fucking maniac cop turns up and he only steals the paddy wagon with Bruce in the back. Teresa follows the paddy wagon in a car with another policeman. Luckily, she has a shotgun. And then the policeman says, where are we going? The, she says, follow that paddy wagon. The policeman says, but where is he going? Where could the maniac cop possibly be going? And she says, he's going to Pier 14. Bruce Campbell's in the back of that van. Let's fucking get it. Sorry. And he's like, do you know how to use that shotgun? And she's <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah, of course I do. I, I'm I'm a I'm a police officer like you. Yeah, like I have one of these two. Yeah, you fucking you fucking prick! Stop mansplaining shotguns to me. I'm a fucking copper. The chase ensues through New York City. Fucking Zadar is just smashing up fools in cars. He's fucking doing it. He's isn't not he? doing it. You now we oh. Zadar is just smashing up fools. He is like. Fucking reckless. Grand Theft Auto in it, all the way there. Carmageddon. Bruce Campbell, whoa, whoa, smashes around in the back like a bit of loose furniture. The car gets parked violently into the warehouse. Bruce is in the back like a bit of loose furniture. Maniac cop goes and gets an axe and starts smashing at the door. He wants to get to Bruce like the fucking B-movie prize inside a horrible Kinder Egg. I really love this bit. Yeah. He's hammering on the door with his axe. Mm. And he cut into a Bruce eye view from inside the van. And you can see through the windows, but they positioned it in a way that Zadar's face is still covered. Yeah, still just, see it. This is the thing. Like, this is like 10 minutes from the end of the film and we still haven't seen the monster's yeah, face. The way it's shot is like... Brilliant. You can tell they're about to reveal it mm. because it's just so close to being revealed where it was... Just completely obscured earlier and you just never see you it. You never see it, that is the point. Like, the film's just kind of got you there and it's teasing that it's going to show his face, but it isn't. Did a really good job of kind of building that anticipation. Mm. Of finally seeing what his scarred up face is going to look like. It's like the ethics of a, of a decent monster film, isn't it? You don't see the monster till the end. But this is an action thriller. If at all. If at all. Parks up the van, like you say, he's trying to get to Bruce in the back. Teresa arrives just in time with the policeman and he's like, hey, don't you think you should call for backup? She gets out of the car with a shotgun. The policeman stays in the car and calls for backup. Maniac Cop has got Bruce out of the van now and his horrible scarred face is finally revealed. <gasps> da, da, da. It was Robert Zadar all along. He's horrible. It's Robert Zadar. Ugh. He's got scars on his face and shit teeth. Boom! Shotgun! Let him go, maniac cop! Let him go! He does let him go, but he picks up Bruce Campbell and he throws him through the air! And he fucking launches him with his super not-undead muscles. The policeman from the car turns up, but just in time for Zadar to put a big, massive shotgun safe fucking hole through him! Bam! He's dead! Back up are finally here. Maniac cop panics and he takes the van. Bruce Campbell tries to stop him. He jumps on the side and he's punching him. He's punching him, but Zadar's fucking... He's 
driving like a maniac. He's so. This is. The, I found actually this quite funny. Yeah, he's fucking punching him and trying to fight him. Bruce Campbell's fucking punching the shit out of Robert Zadar, and he's just shouting. But he just slaps him away. Yeah, keeps slapping him away like a fly, like an annoying fly. On a Saturday like, afternoon. Like an annoying big chin fly. Yes, it's hot chin-on-chin action at this point. Bruce Campbell gets the better of the maniac cop by uh, forcing him to drive into the mast of a boat and it pierces the body of the maniac cop. Ugh! Like a fucking maniac cop kebab, mate. And then we hear Zadal speak for the first time. And what does he say? Plip. <laughs> Into the water. Into the water. Bruce Campbell jumps off just inside. The chin does just... a fucking backflip off the side of it. It gets into the drink. Later on, they drag out the van from the lake to find no maniac cop inside. But he was pierced with a spike, Fletch. He must be dead this he time. He must be dead. He's definitely dead. Shit! A hand came out of the sea, climbing up the pier. The end. There we go. <laughs> And that's it. That's Maniac Cop. <sighs> he must have survived getting the, uh, the mast of a boat plunged through his chest. I guess so. Either that or he's just under the sea with a big bit of boat through him. Well, I hope it turns out all right and this is the end of the Maniac Cop saga. Oh, we know it's not. Two and three. It's part of a trilogy. What did you think to Maniac Cop, Fletch? Did you enjoy Maniac Cop? Yeah. I mean, I like films like this because... Yeah, they're really schlocky and they're B-movies and they're really silly. People remember them as just being really silly, fun, bad films. Yeah. But a lot of them really do have something to say. They do have like a serious message. Everything does. Yeah. Because everything was made in its time and it, you know, reflects that in some way. Well, especially, we've said this before with Larry Cohen, he did the the stuff. He was one of these people that was uh, hammering messages home with his schlocky films all the time. Yeah. But here you have a film about... Distrust in police, distrust in authority. Yeah. Who but, do we trust? Yeah, but there's this general there's this general kind of culture in the police in the film in that uh, Robert Zadar's character was a good guy because he killed lots of people. Yeah. Because those people were criminals. He was old school but kind. Like I said, I think it's coming after like the Rampart investigation stuff where they uncovered a lot of police brutality. Where there's the culture of like, well, we're doing it to the bad guys, so it's fine. Yeah. Also, they won't they won't kind of look at themselves and investigate this because it's an uncomfortable truth that they don't. They're trying want to, to cover it up for the whole time. Commissioner yeah. Shaft, that's his whole mo, isn't it? Yeah, it's an uncomfortable truth that they don't want to really look into. Yeah. And therefore, they're negligent because of it. I think most films are smarter than people give it credit for. Yeah. And this is an example of that. Because apart from that, it's silly as fuck. Why the fuck is he a fucking super-powered zombie? Well, yeah, because he's alive, but then he's clearly not alive. Yeah. So when he left... He wasn't breathing. Yeah, but he was breathing <laughs> but when he, he, when he first left. So something must have happened. Yeah. Oh, God. Maniac Cop. Stars, Fletch. Yeah, all of them. All of the stars. Whatever. Why do we bother with the star system? Because the star system is pointless. I mean, how do you quantify how good something is? How do you quantify I didn't art? really want an existential answer about it, Fletcher. It was, just, it was just a thing. Okay, thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Super Tap Film Club. And we'll see you next week when we continue our action month 
with a little bit more hot, hot action. What are we doing next week? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. You prick. <laughs> What are we doing next week? Go fuck yourself. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're watching Go Fuck Yourself, directed by Fuck You, with lead star Fuck Off. You fucking prick. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Fucking, you know how to unlock my phone, so you can't fucking stop the recording. Viewer discretion is advised. Cops is filmed on location with the men and women of law enforcement. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law.